you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks. Along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast, we look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, nfl.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. Freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm your host, James Coe, joined alongside, as always, by the merry band of outcasts. That what? We have. Uh, yes, that's, what? That's about right. I was going to say, no, I think that's perfectly, <laughs> that's, perfect. that's about right. Is, 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 about is, is outcasts better than misfits? Misfits and outcasts. I, okay. I feel like outcast sounds more badass. I feel like outcasts won more Grammys than the misfits. <laughs> oh, I see okay, what you did okay. there. I can't argue with that logic. Uh, rocking the terrible towel. That's right. The magical beard of fantasy. Matt Franciscovich, what's going on, pal? What up? Excited to see my Steelers play tonight, Monday night. Let's go. Let's I was, go. I, I was wondering why you were wearing that stupid thing, and I, now I realize I was like, oh, right, there's a game in like 10 minutes. It's not stupid. <laughs> it's and, stupid. yes, there's a game. Uh, he's got a Steelers shirt on as well. It, now, is the flannel, is that Steelers related to Well, I wore it because it has black and yellow in it. Black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's going on? Uh, my team also plays later tonight, but I'm not quite as excited to see them. The uh, Niners? The Niners play. They play the late game. Uh, the NFL decided they would try to bury Rams-Niners as late in the week as possible. Bury it. So it's going to be, uh, I believe, what, 10-20 Eastern time tonight. Can I name 10 fantasy-relevant players between the two teams? Do it. Okay. Let's Ooh. Go. Okay, here we go. 10. 10. Go ahead. Between the Niners and the Rams. Yep. Todd Gurley. Okay. One. Carlos Hyde. Two. 
Vance McDonald. <laughs> three. Fantasy relevant? <laughs> That's questionable. I'll, I'll give you that one. Three. Corey Smith? Four. Kind of. Uh, oh, boy. How are you? Uh, how are you spoil- I was like, how are you forgetting my boy, man? Spoil Austin? I, I've got a spoiler alert. Five. Okay. You. You're not going to get it. <laughs> Seriously. You're struggling hung up at four. That's it. That's it. Speaking of hung That's up, it. I think we should probably keep going. I th- right. Galhar's about to throw up behind. Yeah, me. No, no, no! I'm just adjusting everything. So oh, we're having some board issues yeah. before this thing, so I'm just I'm, I'm getting everything set and ready so we can crush this. And it's the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin. So Yo, voice right there, Alex Galhar. What a what a wonderful day yesterday was. Even though we worked like 15 hours, it was still great to have football back. It was Man, honestly, so awesome. it was awesome. Yeah, it really was. My fantasy teams, a lot of them just got ruined, but that's okay. Yeah. I thought, man, this is cool. Yeah. I mean, it happened to everybody. It always happens in week one. You of know, course. People don't perform. People yeah, yeah. get injured, sadly, and it, it sucks. But we'll get to all that shortly. And it is the creator of Reception Perception, Matt Harmon. What's going on? I feel like I have drowned three times already uh, from all wow. this new – no, in a positive sense, oh. from this new information. And then when I woke up this morning, I felt yes. like I got hit by a train uh, just from all <laughs> this, this, the madness of week one. How late were you up last night? Midnight. Midnight? Yeah. Well, same. Uh, same, midnight, same. midnight, midnight. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't sleep. What? Shut, <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so, yeah, here's the thing. It's Monday. Uh, you're probably going to be listening to us on Tuesday. That's cool. Um, but uh, we will get to your top scoring wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends. We'll play a little game called Bro. It's just one game because how many times do we get oh, hit with that? On I didn't realize bro, bro was going to be actually part of the official game title. Oh, it is. I absolutely. like it. Bro. Now it's time for everyone's favorite game show, Bro. bro. What is it's this? just one game because anytime we tweet thing? anything, it's Bro. It's just one game. I hate that guy on Twitter. No, it's – yeah, the thing is – no, it's not because I get more of the people that are freaking out about one game. Oh no, it's it's totally fine. And oh, that, and so you're saying I don't know what the hell. I mean, but it goes both <laughs> ways. No, sometimes <laughs> it goes both ways. Sometimes no, no, it's that's like, what I'm saying. So right. listen, it's it. um look. Here's the thing. The game is called Bro. It's just one game. Uh, basically, we look at some guys. Uh, I e Adrian Peterson. Is it a Bro? Just one game or B? Hmm, trend that will continue. We will play that game coming up. We'll uh, talk about Alex Gelhar's wonderful piece, The Waiver Wire, uh, and, of course, Daily Dabs. But first, let's well, get... But first, we should oh. remind people that if you missed the games on Sunday By the and way, you want to check them out, yeah. NFL.com slash Game Pass start a free seven-game trial. I know I was watching a little Game Pass last night. I Franchise was, as well. was too. He was tweeting about it. Marcus was. Harmon was. I don't know about you, James. Do you have a Game Pass account? Do we have to no, get you one I, of those? No, no, I do. I All right, do. good, good. I've got one sure. of the. I have one of those uh, fancy talent Game Pass accounts wow. as well. What does that even mean? Wow. Uh, it means like I don't know. I think it means I can watch any game anywhere. It doesn't really matter. You just watch yourself, right? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> my, watch myself off of what? Talent Game Pass. It's all the thi- <laughs> all the times you're on air and you can scrub through them. And that would go pretty quick. Coaches tape. <laughs> Jeez. Awkward. <laughs> Anyways, NFL.com slash Game Pass. Start your seven-day free trial today. Adam, baby, here's your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Uh, by the way, this is going to be uh, a lot of sads on this headlines we'll start with uh, in san diego keenan allen torn acl it's official it's a season ender oh man and the thing was he was really working himself into a nice game too man six catches 60 something yards um and man he looked comfortable out there he was starting to jaw uh being pretty demonstrative 
uh, after catches as well. You could tell he was getting his swagger back. Yeah. It was fun to see. And then near the end of the first half, uh, he was cutting to his left, towards right ACL. See ya. It was sad. Extremely sad. Very sad. It's going to have a huge impact on this offense, too, because, I mean, he's their their best player on offense right now. He's young. He's an ascending talent. So it's it's not gonna it's not gonna help anybody, but player you know other guys are gonna step in and see more targets. I think you know Harmon, you were writing about this in your great uh, the the banger that you and franchise tag team the targets and touches on the wide receiver side. You were saying uh, Danny Woodhead and probably Travis Benjamin will both uh, slide into a bigger role now. Yeah, uh, I think the one point that is like you said important that when you lose an elite talent like Keenan Allen is, it's a net negative for everybody in the offense. You know, you don't just slide in the next guy up and then right. immediately replicates his production. You're telling me Tyrell Williams isn't going to be Keenan Allen 2.0? Probably <laughs> not. Uh, but I, th- I do think uh, Travis Benjamin could have kind of a similar season to what he had in Cleveland last year. Which, about 1,000 yards. Yeah, like close to 1,000 yards, right. probably about five touchdowns. I think that he certainly gets a boost. I think um, Phil Rivers sees a, a dip. I yeah, I, he sees a dip. Now, now I think he's like a, a streamer. Right. Whereas I thought he had a chance to be an every week starter, yep. I don't think so anymore. I do think Tyrell Williams though is a really strong add off the waiver. Hell line. yeah, agree. He played less snaps than Dontrell Inman last week, but I think we've already kind of seen who Inman is. Whereas Williams is intriguing, and Woodhead too. Yeah, he played more snaps than right. Gordon yesterday, and I think it's just <laughs> right back that's, at it again with and old that's, Dan that's, and that's and that's my my thing is yeah, as you guys know that I have been on the Melvin Gordon bandwagon for oh, yeah. a long time, and he looked very good in the first half on Sunday. Got his two touchdowns, got off the schneid there. Now with Keenan Allen, though, they need somebody to, to be that target guy. And we saw last year it was Woodhead when Keenan Allen went down. And so I think, sadly, I don't think this erases Melvin Gordon, but it certainly changes the role I think they had in mind for him at the start. Of the Woodhead game. averaged a whole target per game more once Keenan Allen went out of the offense last year. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if we saw both of those guys in the backfield maybe and maybe Woodhead sliding into a slot and receiver role. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. I I think Antonio Gates actually becomes uh, a little bit more valuable commodity in that offense as well. Uh, He, we obviously know about his, uh, you know, rapport with, uh, with Phillip Rivers and they need that underneath guy. And the bit, I know he's calcified. But he's a big body. Calcified. Man, have, hey, did he you was, see him run? And we, I mean, he, was, he was still juking dudes out there a little while bit. He was, while he was a little his, bit. He was yeah, using a couple nice, uh, nice, nice little sidesteps. A little bit. But, you know, let's be real here. He, he looked a little stiff. I mean, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, looking, old. It's like your uncle at a wedding doing the two step. <laughs> or me. But every now and then, I don't think I've ever seen him. He gets around somebody. All right, all right, we've reached the uncle right. wedding discussion. Let's yes. move on to Cleveland. <laughs> all right, in Cleveland, uh, RG3 being placed on IR with a broken bone in his shoulder. Um, it's no surgery at this point, but he's going to be reevaluated in three to four weeks. That, according to the team, Josh McCown is going to start. What does it mean for Duke Johnson, Corey Coleman, Barnyard Doug? This sucks, man. I was I was excited to see RG3 try to make a comeback, make a comeback. this year. Yeah. And you were excited from a real-life perspective, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah not not fantasy. Just right. just as like a football fan watching RG3 try to make a comeback. and He's working on some deep balls with Terrell Pryor, oh, yeah. Josh Gordon coming back in a couple weeks. I don't know. This is just sad. Interesting stat here. Uh, they had 288 yards of total offense, 
half of them came on big plays of 20 yards or more. Wow. Well, I think, yeah, that's kind of who RG3 is. Like, he's a deep ball passer and a runner at heart. He had yeah. more air yards per attempt than all but one starting quarterback last or in week one. He ran five times. I mean, that's just who he is. Uh, Gary Barnage, I think, gets a, a nice bump with Josh Huge. McCown under center. For sure. He averaged 80 yards a game and almost a touchdown per game with McCown in the eight games that he started, and his numbers fell to like four for 50 on average with McCown not under center. And that's, that's again, that's trending with RG3 too. Jordan Reed was much more productive before his breakout year last year. He averaged seven for 77 with Kirk Cousin under center from 2013 to 2014 and just four for 41 with RG3 under center. So, again, I think that's just the way Griffin plays. He's not going to get a guy like Barnage involved. All right, what about Corey Coleman or, or maybe Duke Johnson? I wouldn't worry so much about the running backs. I don't know about Johnson and Crowell. In fact, if anything, I think Josh McCown being there maybe helps Duke Johnson a little bit. Oh, I think it helps him big time. The yeah. average more catches per game right. with that, I mean, because I think it goes to, to Harmon's point about Griffin being a guy who wants to go downfield. And that's what we saw a lot of during the preseason. Even in week one, we saw a lot of them trying to hit big plays down the field with Terrell Pryor. So I think Josh McCown in there means they spread it around a little bit more. Yep. I think it helps Duke Johnson a little bit more. I don't know that, that it really impacts Isaiah Crowell one way or another. Uh, Corey Coleman, I think, becomes the mystery because I don't know if we know what kind of chemistry the two of them have together. So I think that remains, I think, the biggest question mark in this. Uh, Corey Corman was there, you know, caught a, a downfield ball, I think, for almost 40 yards yeah. uh, in week one. I can't admit there's not going to be too many of those plays, I think, with Josh McCown under center. But I don't know. It, to me, he seems like the most well-rounded receiver right now on, on the on the Browns roster. No. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's a rookie, so. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, we'll see. I, I like – I mean, Terrell Pryor looks good too. Yeah. He's a crazy athlete. It's just like, is the deep ball the only thing he's going to do? Yes. I think McCown <laughs> – <laughs> Yes. I would – I'm Probably. not uh, excited about Terrell Pryor now at all. What do you I, mean you're not excited about Terrell Pryor? Uh, he does one thing, and he does the one thing Josh McCown's not good at, which is go downfield. I don't know. McCown's definitely got some degaff in him. He'll, he'll, he'll chuck it. <laughs> I'm, I guess – Possibly. I'm more concerned about Duke Johnson. He only had six touches in this game. I know. It would, like, they were – Cleveland was down pretty much the whole time. You'd think, like, the game script was in Duke Johnson's favor. But isn't this they, to what, what Harmon said, which is basically RG3 doesn't like to go short ever? Yeah, yeah I, I that's like that's true. And now that McCown's there, yeah. I, I know a few people are like a few people are talking about this in the preseason. And I think it's worth like actually researching. But anecdotally, it makes a lot of sense that running quarterbacks in general, their receiving running backs are just not as productive because right. when they're getting through that first and second option in the progression, they're they're not going to okay. I'm going to default and check it down to this guy. It's gonna, I'm going to take and off and run. Right. Cam Newton's never had a, pa a pass catching running back. Jonathan Stewart catches like ten passes a year. Yeah. Good point. All right, in Buffalo, Sammy Watkins has, quote, severe pain in his surgically repaired foot. That according to Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News. There was concern that he could, we're talking about Watkins here, could miss the entire season. He took x-rays after game one. Uh, Watkins, though, responded today by saying he's playing on Thursday. He's going to take the short week, he's going to play the Jets, and he's going to be out there. Um, it's apparently a, a case of pain management, according to head coach uh, Rex Ryan. I I'm not that confident in playing Sammy Watkins Thursday. What say you guys? Nope. Nope. Definitely not on a short week. The, the, he was injured a lot last year, and, you know, he was very inconsistent until – Back half? Yeah, until the last part of the season when he finally did get healthy. We kind of knew this summer when this news came out that he was getting foot surgery that – 
injuries would be a concern with him. They always right. they always seem to be. And I was always kind of pessimistic, like can he really come back and be good to go week one having foot surgery like a couple months before the season? And now it's pretty clear that, no, he couldn't. So I'm worried about it. Well, and what I think what worries me more than anything is just kind of the rhetoric about it. You know, that, that yeah. we went from last night talk that he might be shut down for the season because this thing is so bad to right. then on Monday morning. It's, well, no, it's not so bad. He's not going to need surgery. Several uh, it's weeks. Just about, it's just about pain management and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then, you know, I see a quote. Uh, via Matthew Fairburn, who's a beat writer for uh, the Bills. And the quote from Sammy Watkins is, I'm not in any pain. It's not about the pain. It's just being smart. I got it checked out, and I'm fine. So we went from literally in about 24 hours, not even 24 (laughs) hours, he's going to be shut down for the season to, I'm not in any pain. It's fine. And I just, I almost wonder if the Bills aren't doing themselves and Sammy Watkins a disservice by almost kind of forcing him back out there when he's, Clearly not 100% right now. Yeah, it's why, not, why not just shut him down for a couple of weeks, get him healthy, and then see what you can do after that? Mm, let me tell you, t- Sammy Watkins is on several of my teams, and he's going to be a tough guy to put on the bench, though, because he can you know go off at any time. Absolutely. And I feel like I don't really know what the hell the story is all about because right. we started this morning with this one horrible place, yeah. and then we've seemed like it's kind of gotten better. We've got Rex Ryan doing the stupid thing that coaches do about pain management and all that crap. You put your players in such a horrible position when you do that. Uh, so that's a whole other side tangent that I won't get on. But it's <laughs> just I don't really I don't really know like where we are with the situation. But I will tell you like if Sammy Watkins is out for any extended period of time, as much as we all love Tyrod Taylor, I'm out. This offense is going down. Yeah, I'm if, out on Tyrod if, if Sammy's out. I'm out probably, yeah. Which really hurts me because I was so big on LaShawn McCoy, too. Yeah. I think it might mean more more targets for McCoy in the passing it could, game. Though. It could Maybe, certainly. He's like the, their playmaker now, their only playmaker. Yeah, Maybe, but, but if, I mean, if they if they don't have an ability to throw the ball downfield, right. then I mean, see Peterson, comma Adrian on Sunday. <laughs> right. I mean <laughs> – Nobody believed. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. That's why when LaShawn went from Philadelphia to Buffalo, I wasn't very terribly excited about it because, well, frankly, Rex Ryan's not a very creative head coach when it comes to offense. And, yeah, he's going to get volume, but volume's not really the issue. It's effectiveness. And so, I don't know. Again, if Watkins is out, uh, as you guys mentioned, I'm not very high on Tyrod, who had a bad game one anyways. Watkins himself had a pretty bad game one. Uh, what was it, four catches in like 40 yards-ish? I mean, typical typical Bills fashion, they went for long stretches without actually targeting Sammy Watkins, and then they only they threw uh, – Tyrod Few threw passes than any other starting quarterback this week. So. Right, wow. There you go. Uh, in Kansas City, Jamal Charles, his status still up in the air for week two uh, versus the Houston Texans. Last week his practice reps were limited to the scout team, according to Therese Paler of the Kansas City Star. Uh, what do we make of this news? I mean, listen, <laughs> Spencer Ware, as advertised, man, he the was goat. the truth. Yep. <laughs> 11 carries, 70 yards, touchdown, eight targets, seven receptions, 129 receiving yards, nearly 200 yards total. I told you he was going to go for touchdown. 150. I thought as a rusher maybe, but I right. told you he'd go for 150. Hey, the truth, man. The passing, part, one way or another. the passing part was the most surprising aspect because mm-hmm. we heard them talking about offseason like he's trying to improve as a pass catcher, yada, yada, yada. But to 
Wasn't eight targets like the team lead or tied for the team he, lead? He did Something lead the there. team in targets, and he had an average depth of target of 6.9, typically starting running backs. So that's, like, that's almost wide receivers. Right, yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. I mean, typically, like, like David Johnson was on the high end of that last year, and he was at like three. That was, that was <laughs> extreme. So, I mean, this guy was making plays downfield like a wide receiver. All right, so what do we make of Jamal Charles here? Week two, status up in the air. Again, they're playing the Houston Texans. You know, they're going to get after it a little bit. Um but man, Spencer, if you've got Spencer Ware, obviously I'm I'm cool. Even if Jamal Charles plays, I'm cool with playing Spencer Ware. Yep, it's that's too, exactly it's too good. I agree. You can't put the, if you're in Kansas City, you can't put the genie back in the bottle with with Spencer Ware. That's already out there. You already see how good this guy is. And I mean, he was a huge driving force in a in a big comeback win along with Alex Smith. And I mean, this team is feeling it right now with him back there. He's he's an idea like. He's exactly the type of guy that as the game goes on, you're like, oh, my God, i got to tackle this guy. Because right. he's a total bowling ball. <laughs> I mean, it's just a stud. You can't say enough good things about him. And he way outworked Charkandrick West as well. Oh, I, I think, Yeah, I think a lot of folks were worried that maybe Charkandrick well, West would kind of work himself What's in. crazy is he only had, like, one more snap than West, but he out-touched him and severely outgained him. Like, right. almost put up four times as many yards as West did. But, you know, it's crazy, too, because Spencer Ware did all this, 200 yards and a touchdown on 18 touches. That's bananas. Right. West had like nine for 52. That's well, it wasn't even the game script for him. Like, they no. fell behind multiple They're, scores. I mean, they early. were down 24 to three at one point. Right. Yeah. Right, you right. think of Spencer Ware as like the hammer running back. And I even got people tweeting at me, like, oh, man, is this is not good for Spencer Ware, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little nervous, like halfway through the game with Kansas City back there. Maybe they put Charkandrick West, but nope. Nope. Stuck with him. Um, how about in Seattle? Russell Wilson sprained his ankle in the third quarter. He says he's okay. Uh, he looked bad, though. Uh, his overall stat line was, I guess, saved, if you want to call it that, by a late touchdown, game-winning touchdown to Doug Baldwin. What was his overall line? 258 through the air. He had a touchdown and two turnovers. Um, here's my question to you guys. So he says he's okay. This He was limping around pretty good uh, in that ball game. But here's my question. The O-line was graded as the worst in the NFL. Is there a long-term cause for concern here? Because last year, too, remember, he struggled mightily as the offensive line took a little bit of time uh, to gel. Obviously, he went just berserk in the second half. But in the first half, he was forgettable. Mm. I, I, I have Russell Wilson on one of my rosters, and... I really have a conundrum coming up this week about what to do, especially if he's not 100% behind that offensive line and knowing that the likes of Aaron Donald will be trying to chase him down right. when they play the Rams. On the road, too. On the road. And, and, the, and first, the Rams the first, played him well. The first game in Los Angeles since 1994. You know, it's not like it's going to be a charged-up atmosphere. Narrative, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Narrative alert. Um, Ooh, might be lit. So, yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I'm not going to lie. I'm really worried about what to do about Russell Wilson this week. Um, my take on, on Russell Wilson this week um, fabulous quarterback, obviously drafted as one of your top four quarterbacks in fantasy. But to me, in week two versus the Rams with the dinged up ankle, I think he's a matchup based guy. If there's another guy, if there's another quarterback out there that you have, maybe on your bench or on the wire, that's got a good matchup. I tell you what, man, I I wouldn't like I wouldn't I wouldn't write off like Kirk Cousins or something in week two over Russell Wilson. Now, his I mean, his ankle, to... we really have to monitor it though, because if that offensive line is in shambles and he can't he can't scramble very much, that's that's going to be worrisome. Oh no doubt. I mean, that's that's such a 
That's a that's a reason we thought of him as like the number three fantasy quarterback because of his ability to get out and run. And that's right. Plays out of the pocket. Uh, by the way, some statistical notes here. I can't get away from Seattle without talking about Seawoke. Woke. 15 carries, 66 yards, a 4.4 yard per carry average. Thomas Rawls versus Seawoke. 12 carries, 32 yards, 2.7 yards per carry. Not great for either guy. Uh, no scores there, but Seawoke uh, did out-touch him. He out-touched and was, him. And was more productive. Was much more efficient than Rawls. Um, with, uh, I think he averaged 4.4 yards per carry compared to Rawls was under three. Um, and everyone came at me on Twitter like, oh, you're dumb for saying this about Chris and Michael. Like, he's back asleep now. Like, no. <laughs> Dude, he played well. He played yeah. well. The game script didn't go as we predicted. We thought the, right. the, we thought the Seahawks were going to come out and get up to a big lead here right. and just, just salt the game away in the second half. Sure. That's not what happened. It was like 6-3 in the second half. Yeah. Uh, the, the Seahawks' offensive ugly. line play was bad. They got dominated ugly. by the Dolphins. And – they it was a split backfield. Rawls got more work than we thought he would, which means maybe his ankle is a little further along than we thought. But Michael looked really good, and that, uh, he didn't get in the end zone. What like what else yeah. do you want? That's right. that's all there is to say. So his fantasy points don't look good. Yeah, right. This is why fantasy is so stupid because yeah. people like are coming at you like he had a bad game. He looked good. He yeah. played very well and right. helped move the offense along, especially in the fourth quarter. Yep was a big part of, of comeback and everything like that. And, yeah, because he didn't get a bunch of fantasy points. If you're tweeting a franchise about him like being an idiot because it's just shut up. And <laughs> just delete your account and go outside. Thanks, Matt. How, no many did, how, many did you, how many did you get about Allen Robinson when he was quiet in the beginning, oh, too? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we, well, yeah, I def, not this year. Not this year I as mean, much? Think, okay. But I did get one person I, I quote tweeted and said, any Allen Robinson slander in my mention <laughs> will get you blocked. <laughs> Look, this, like, it's a week-to-week thing. It's just – Stop. No, not doing it right now. Rem- remember a few weeks ago when Pete Carroll said, I think we're going to have a one-two punch here with these guys? Yeah. That's, that's exactly what, what that's exactly that's what it, what it was. That's probably what it's going to be going forward until Rawls gets up to speed or one of them sort of shows that they're superior to the other and earns the starting role. I mean, the bottom line is this is a very – the game itself, fantasy, relies heavily, and, and of course real life is, as well, but I mean, it relies heavily on touchdowns, man. Right, like, right. If you don't get the touchdown – you know, hey, listen, 66 yards and a touchdown looks a heck of a lot different yeah. than just 66 yards. You can't yeah. argue with 17 touches. No, like, yeah. I'm, and, I'm uh, down with that. Yeah. Unless you're, like, one of the five studs of fantasy, there's going to be some peaks and valleys. For sure. Re-effing lack. But, <laughs> but, but the same the same as goes with Russell Wilson. I don't know if I'd start either of these guys against uh, the Rams. Yeah, I know. I hear what you In week two. Especially so. if he's dinged up. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I know, Matt, this is going to pain, Matt, but we've talked about this going into the season that we were kind of backing off a little bit about Ty Lockett. Uh, Jermaine Curse had five catches for 57 yards. Ty Lockett, three catches for 17. Not great, but uh, it kind of is in line with what we saw in the preseason. It, it is, but I will say that the one thing that actually I found encouraging was that I think, and this sounds weird, but I think he actually didn't play well yesterday, and that was more the problem. Like, watching this couple snaps that game, he misplayed a few balls, and, yeah. you know, he just didn't look as good as I expected him to. But that actually makes me feel a little bit better because the opportunity actually isn't so bad as what we thought. He got you know, more targets than – Right. we got He got more targets, and Ker- Jermaine Curse played more snaps, but when you look at it from, like, a you know run-to-pass ratio, Tyler Lockett and he played – uh, they ran the same amount of routes. They both ran 45 routes. So it's not at the situation where Curse is like the number two receiver. I think yeah. Lockett is still the number two receiver, theoretically, even though 
uh, what's his name? You know, Curse is going to go out ahead of him, but he's a like we've said all along, he's a really good run blocker. So I actually feel a little bit better. Of course, Russell Wilson threw 43 passes yesterday, more than he's ever thrown in his pro career ever. Wow. So that is something to be keep in mind. But it's it still seemed clear like they want Lockett to at least be one of the one or two receivers when they are on passing downs. All right. So very quickly, I want to get through some top scores here. Top running backs on Sunday. Uh, <clears throat> we talked about Spencer Ware nearly 200 yards. They got that touchdown. David Johnson 132. Total Total yards. He good. For, oh for all those people that said David Johnson is not a sure thing this summer, stop. Just watch the highlight. Can I just tell you, watching that game oh. last night, especially as the guy who's like David Johnson, no matter what, yeah. taking him right. one dot oh one. Yeah, man. When he had that run in the fourth quarter. I stood in the middle of my apartment with my arms raised out to the side, just, <laughs> just basking in the glow of the greatness that Alone? is David Johnson. Well, no, it's true, too, because at that point he was um, – okay. He was okay. He had, a, touch, he had a touchdown he was, at that point. Exactly, exactly. But that run was like, okay, yeah, he's special. That run was everything God. we had been talking about all off. The double jump cut, the yeah. double stiff arm. You're like, what is oh, – are you for real? This, this guy was so sick. What, what actually impressed me more than any of that, like to be honest, with you guys was just even before the explosive like special run just the fact that he was in there like grinding out tough yardage mm-hmm. and keeping the offense on pace and yeah. just like any idea that Chris Johnson was going to be like <laughs> I love the girl I just started laughing but like <laughs> was going to be you know some sort of factor like or somebody that took yeah, away like, from David Johnson one carry 58, one, one touch. 58 plays for David Johnson two for Chris Johnson boom one Two. Uh, Theo Riddick, 108 total, two touchdowns. Woo. Danny Woodhead, 120 total with a touchdown as well. Your top wide receivers. Are you ready to embrace him as the GOAT, James, or no? Am I ready to embrace Danny Woodhead? Yes. Yes. How many years are you going to have to slander him on this podcast while sl- he produces? I've never slandered him. What? Always, you always slander him. Lies. No, I just said, listen, <laughs> you guys are talking about lunch pails and grit. Uh, <laughs> I believe I believe the word just another player came out of you. Yes. yes. That's what I've said basically about basically called him a jag on this show. No, I, look, I, this is what I don't get. He sure scored a lot more fantasy points than uh, a lot more elite players. Oh, my God. I Apparently, I slandered <laughs> Danny Woodhead if I don't call him elite. Yes. Don't well, don't yeah. you understand how this works? Okay. James, this okay. is our narrative against you. you know? <laughs> Harmon's from West Virginia, all this jazz. Uh, you hate Danny Woodhead. I hate Danny it. Woodhead. Okay. Uh, top wide receivers from Sunday, Brandon Cooks, 143 receiving, two touchdowns, his running mate. Willie Sneed just went off 172 receiving yards and a touchdown as well. If there's such a thing, by the way, as a sneaky 172 yards, Willie Sneed had it. Sneed, truth, Sneed just needs more attention, man. That's what we said all offseason. Like, Harmon and I talked Hell about yeah. how he had the most underrated, like, 900-plus rookie yeah. receiving year ever. For sure. Like, everybody's like, oh, Mari Cooper got, like, 1,060 yards, and Sneed's over here like, Hello? bruh, I was, hey. like, 80 yards off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sneed was technically, like, a second-year player. Like, wow, whatever. He was. He came into the league in 2014, but he was on practice squad. Well, true. technically. Oh, right. But still, I mean, like, for a debut, for a debut yeah, yeah. season, though. Oh, yeah. And, oh, I know. I hear you. I've been, I've been beating that drum since like October of last year. I'm like, man, this guy is really legitimately good. I like the hair underneath the helmet as well. I don't know what it looks like off, but last year he had like that little ponytail. That was but And now that ponytail is like blonde. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's out. I don't know what's going on with his hair, but I, I like it. I like what's it's going on. It's working. He's, and if you're in a dynasty league, I would try to buy him still. I mean, I feel like he'll still be cheap or whatever. Maybe not right after this week or anything, but yeah. 
if you just look at what he's done yet in such a short amount of time, I mean, this is a player that I, I really believe, and I believe for a while, is on a special upward trajectory. I don't Ooh. disagree. I don't disagree. Age, I, I'm sad that I don't have more shares of Willie Sneed. Yeah. I mean, Honestly. Yeah. He's one Sneed. of those guys, man, that like when the draft came around and every time I saw his name, I always wanted to get him and kind of sort of didn't, and yeah. now I just regret it. I think he's one of those guys where we overreacted to everything else that happened to the offense. And right, just Michael put, Thomas. And, well, and put aside cleaner. what a good player he is. Like right, this yeah. is this is clear what he can do in this offense. Sure, will he have some dud weeks when like it's Michael Thomas's turn to catch two touchdowns? Yeah, but like Snead is a great player attached to an elite quarterback. We probably shouldn't have discounted him as much as we did. Uh, FYI, Revis Island is dead. <laughs> AJ Green destroyed him to the tune of 180 yards and one touchdown. Um, That's not even doing it justice. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Andy Dalton had a perfect That's passer what it was. rating. Just off a perfect passer rating. Oh, just they, they corrected it. Today. Oh. 152 points. Well, then in that ah, case, in well. that case, forget everything I'm about to say. <laughs> almost perfect. <laughs> almost. I mean, hey, almost wow. Uh, Revis Island is RIP, man. Yeah. Uh, 180 and a touch for A.J. Green. And then Larry Fitzgerald is still Larry Fitzgerald, 81 and two touchdowns, and he was the most reliable target for Carson Palmer and the Cardinals' um, uh, passing attack there. Your top quarterbacks on Sunday, Andrew Luck, 385, four touchdowns, added a two-point conversion, added 21 rush yards as well. Drew Brees, we talked about, four touchdowns to go along with 423 passing yards. Alex Smith, out of nowhere, 363 passing yards, two touchdowns. Bruh. <laughs> 363 I, for Alex Smith. Bruh. I actually started him in a in a competitive league with a bunch of analysts and that first half when they were down like 21 to 3 I was like, "Oh god, what did I do?" <laughs> <laughs> what then he done? he rallied back, man. Dude, talk about rallying back. 363 for Alex Smith. Now, let's let's can we talk about this real quick though yeah. because I know we hinted at it a little bit Harmon you had that stat that was like what did he have averaged 20 more passing yards a game without Justin Houston, but if their pass rush with Tamba Ali being a little nicked up still and yeah. some other questions in the secondary, you know, Marcus Peters included. Right. Could we do we think we could see not this level of Alex Smith, but like a more reasonable starting quarter like starting fantasy yes. quarterback week to week? I, I think so. Week I, to week? I mean this this is a talented oh, yeah. offense. I mean, they've got a great number one receiver in Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. They have an ultra talented tight end in Kelsey. In Kelsey. They've got Chris, the goat, goat and Spencer Spencer Ware. They've got they've got two great greatest players of two Al future Hall of Famers and Albert Wilson. They got the Bird Alert. But I mean also in, in all seriousness, Chris Conley too played a big role, was the clear number two receiver yeah. over Albert Wilson, and he's a physical freak. I mean yeah, a he's really an athlete, man. Yeah, he I mean he's a total stud. And yeah, again, obviously we had we had Alex Smith throw the most passes of any quarterback in Week One, but Conley saw seven targets. It was really great, and I I'm I'm excited about this offense. I can't lie, I'm I'm excited, and and Smith has quietly gotten better each and every season. I'm excited uh, about this offense. Things, excited by things Alex you never hear. Smith. I mean, like I said, he, real. he has played very well the last few years. Again, it's just, but it doesn't matter for fantasy. <laughs> so, I mean, like, well, that's, really what, <laughs> that's what we do here. What was that but voice? The, <laughs> it's it's was, fine. To just, can you just do that again real quick? No. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I can ever that do that. That was tremendous. I, I might have to won. clip that I don't out. know if I can ever do that again. But, no, my point, my point, Marcus, is that, like, yeah, it's fine to just look at the numbers and be like, oh, look, it's fantasy, and this is what he did for fantasy. But if you want to talk about when things are actually going to change or or progress, you have to look at how you know good players are and everything. All right, there you go. Matt Stafford, True. 340, three touchdowns. He was a top-five fantasy quarterback. Uh, Jameis Winston also had four touchdowns as well. Your, I put this in air quote, top 
tight ends on Sunday because really there was – Hold on. We have something to, to, to describe how the tight end position looked yesterday. <laughs> was yeah. good. Jack Doyle, 35 yards, but he had two touchdowns. Julius Thomas had 64 yards in a touch. Uh, Dwayne Allen, also in the Colts' uh, tight end plans, had 53 yards in a touchdown. Eric Ebron, uh, again, uh, not very – played had 46 yards in a touchdown i mean between those four guys julius thomas might have been he's about the, the only most one you could played. have imagined yeah exactly uh wow it e- was bad ebron's only owned in seven and a half percent of nfl.com league and who started him that's the question too you know it's well, like good lord it's, you know james you should be a little bit upset because that second jack doyle touchdown was ticketed for dante moncrief in the back of the end zone oh he you know stole what I, it. Saw, I saw that so <laughs> I, I wasn't sure because the when i first saw it i was like oh my god that was going to go to dante moncrief but then when i saw the replay i'm not exactly sure cuz it kind of sort of looked like andrew luck actually did see jack doyle maybe but it, I just, don't know. it just looked like dante but it did look like, like was set up in the back i know of the <laughs> you know and it was funny too because if jack doyle wasn't like wasn't there the pass was such that either Doyle or Moncrief would have grabbed it it was so weird man anyways doesn't matter that's how good Andrew Luck is I know exactly uh let's play the game bro it's just one game (laughs) I want you guys to tell me I'm gonna throw out a situation you tell me bro it's just one game or you could say no it's not just one game this could be for reals. Okay. Uh, we shall start with Adrian Peterson. 19 carries, 31 yards, a long of nine yards. Tell me this dude was not on the struggle bus on Sunday with no legitimate quarterback back there for the Vikings. 19 carries, 31 yards for Adrian Peterson. He wasn't just on the struggle bus. He gassed it up and, like, drove it around the neighborhood. <laughs> the um, I'm going to say it's just one game because I, I think – when Sam Bradford, not if, when Sam Bradford takes over the starting quarterback job, which okay. could be as soon as this week, I think things will change. Basically, the Titans looked at Sean Hill and they said, you know what? If Sean Hill beats us, then we'll tip our cap to him and you know, we'll go about our business. But they were not. We're not going to let Adrian Peterson run wild. And they did everything in their power to stop him. And they did. And Sean Hill was fine. Ish. He was there. He didn't throw up on his shoes. I mean, you know, that's about the best you can say about it. Yeah. Um, and the Vikings, or the yeah, and the Vikings couldn't really do much. I mean, they won that game on the strength of their defense. On Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Did they score two touchdowns? Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Diggs, Diggs had a pretty nice. He had a nice day. day. He was great. He was over a hundred yards. Yeah. He had a nice day. Oh yeah. yeah. But, but surprisingly, I thought that was a surprise. But I, I, think, I think when Sam Bradford gets in there, I think Adrian Peterson will be fine. I am just, I am just shocked that uh, a running back with a bad quarterback play didn't didn't just beast all on his own. I'm, I'm well, I mean, but interesting. But I mean, yeah, it's easy to say that now, but we've seen Adrian Peterson in the past do that. Right. In the past. And I know that people keep saying, well, he, you know, he's a robot. He's not human. Bad news for you, fellas. He is a human being. And he's, <laughs> and wait, what? <laughs> Bad news. And, Breaking news. And, 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 and. He's and not a cyborg? We s- <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Headlines. And and we saw this happen last year. There were a few games that he already did this last year. So, yes, in one sense, it is just one game. Okay. But, you know, Sam Bradford is is not the Lord and Savior here. You know, there are going to be some bad games. From He's Minnesota. not? <laughs> I'm breaking, <laughs> I'm breaking a lot of news in this segment here, but no, 
in all seriousness, I mean, in kind of seriousness. But I was told he was a cyborg. You were told wrong. He's a person. He's a human. Oh, Telling me that somebody's a robot is not analysis. Okay. I Anyways, I think that there are going to be weeks like this with with AP. No question about it. He had a bad week, uh, bad game week one last year. He had like 5.2 right. fantasy points against the 49ers. Okay. And then went on to lead the league in, the f- in Russia. The following week after that, for the record, he played San Francisco. Then he went against Detroit. They gave him the ball 29 times. He had 134 yards at 4.62 average. Right. Uh, the week after that, 20 for a buck 26. I will say this. I think the only difference, though, is that in week one last year, they didn't give him the ball. They didn't even let him. Right. He only Ten attempts. Like Ten. Ten attempts. Yeah, yeah that's this right. This is 19 yeah. carries, dude. 19 carries for 31 yards. That's good point. They also have a wow. new offensive line, too, like some some new guys in there playing roles, and, and that could be a situation where they need to gel. Right. My, my point in all this is saying, like, yeah, I'm not like saying, all right, Adrian Peterson's finished. It's yeah, over, yeah. but he's going to have his temper expectation. Well, even that, just like if you're if you're drafting a running back that's attached to a bad passing game, questionable quarterback play, get ready to take some L's some weeks. All right, there you go. What say you, Matt, uh, Matt Franciscovich? Uh, he's Adrian Peterson, man. It's just a game. Like, it was a bad game for him. Okay, just one game. He's going to be fine. I would say I'm, uh, I'm slightly concerned about um, him next week because the Green Bay defense played very well against the run. They held T.J. Yeldon to just 39 yards. And last year, too, they did a good job of bottling up Adrian Peterson. He only averaged 3.5 yards per carry against them on 32 attempts. Okay, so now that last part uh, <laughs> I'm on board with. But like, you're like, yeah, you shut down T.J. Yeldon. Like, all right. Marcus, quit hating. <laughs> God, all the Yeldon as came a, from this as, guy. As an aside for all the listeners yes. out there, on Sunday morning, Yeldon got off to a fairly quick start. He did. And I got a lot of sideways glances from yep. the other three guys. Because you hate T.J. You hate just, him. I just have a thing where I don't want a running back on my team who randomly falls over. Like, that's – I don't feel like I'm asking. It's like, he only much. did that once. Like, I man. want you to – So then by the I, end of the day, when he had 39 <laughs> yards on 12 carries, there was a lot fewer sideways glances right. at me in the strong. But he got the I, touchdown. It was, it was pretty funny because it, <laughs> it wasn't until I was on the, uh, like, game day uh, blitz show or whatever that I looked over and I saw he had – 39 yards on that many carries. Like, oh, God. Well, even I, I, was, I was watching that game closely, and I, all of a sudden when they showed that stat line, I was like, wait a minute. Gross. that's that's. Well, I was like, that's it? Because he got gross. off to such a hot start, but the Packers were swarming him in the backfield. It wasn't his fault. But anyways, yeah, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried about Adrian Peterson next All week. right, Devontae Freeman. Is it a full timeshare there in Atlanta? Devontae Freeman had 15 touches and just 40 yards. Meanwhile, Tevin Coleman, my boy. Had, you had just given up on him. You can't hey, call him your boy anymore. Yeah. Hey, calm down. He's my boy. <laughs> oh, man. Tevin Coleman, 13 touches for a lot more yards, over 100. He had 95 receiving yards, 22 on the ground. Again, 15 touches for Coleman, 13, or excuse me, 15 for Freeman, 13 for Tevin Coleman. Full time share in Atlanta. Bro, just one game or for real? We'll start with you, Matt Harm. I mean, what I'm particularly concerned about and why I would say that it might not just be one game is Coleman's work in the passing game, the five catches for 95 yards. Because I I thought the the whole time that I believed that they were going to mix Coleman in, but I thought it was mostly just going to be as an early down runner. But if he's going to take passing work away from Freeman, that would, if I was a Freeman owner, scare me a lot because yes. I think that that was what was going to buy you his floor so much was the fact that he was so much better in the passing game. But if Tevin Coleman has put in a lot of work as a receiver and he's going to hold a role there, that's pretty frightening for Freeman. 
Alex? Uh, I'm, I'm concerned as well. I need to watch this game. I haven't had a chance to really keep an eye on it. So, uh, I mean, they're split. They had 36 to 32 snaps, Freeman over Coleman. And, French, as you said, he out-touched him in the red zone, right? He didn't get in, uh, the, in the paint or anything. Um, but Freeman recorded six red zone touches compared to Coleman's one. Be interested to see how like the snaps broke down in that area too, but uh, this could this could very well turn into a timeshare, which is terrifying. All right, MG. Uh, yeah, I I I think this is the beginning of a thing. Um, I wrote a, a piece last night, a Sunday night, about things I learned from Week One of the fantasy football season. Yes. One of the things I wrote was that I think Hallmark needs to come up with a card <laughs> for when we see the birth of a new running back. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's like it's two different cards depending <laughs> on you know depending on which player you have. So if you have Tevin That's Coleman, fine. it's hey congratulations on your new you committee know, status. Right. right. Meanwhile, if you have Devontae Freeman, it's sorry for your loss. Because you just probably spent the second round pick on a flex option. So, oh, ouch. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. In Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott, 51 yards. This was the disturbing stat, though. 2.5 yards per carry behind, again, what is supposed to be the best offensive line in all of the NFL. Again, 51 yards, 2.5 yards per carry for Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, again, you want to talk about being touchdown friendly game or whatever it might be. Seawolk has more yards than him. Zeke gets into the end zone, and everyone's like, hey, cool. I'm glad I spent a first-round pick on Zeke Elliott. I don't know. Yeah. I shouldn't have done it. They only played one down and then I foul. There it is. It came back. <laughs> God. So glad. Right. Uh, but let me ask you this. Zeke Elliott uh, did not quite look as advertised week one against the Giants. 2.5 yards per carry. Bro, just one game or for real, Matt Franciscovich? I think this is just one game, a rookie's first real game in the NFL. I think the Giants' D-line came out with a mission to stop Zeke Elliott, and they succeeded. Um, his best run of the game was that touchdown run. It was. Uh, other than that, he didn't get – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he didn't get a lot of chunks of yardage on any other run except that one. Surprisingly, um, I watched that game uh, yeah. full force, but surprisingly there weren't a lot of running lanes, actually. No, well, but I was going to say, th- let's not forget that the Giants spent a bunch of money in the offseason to improve their defensive line. Yeah. They not only paid the King's ransom for Olivier Vernon, but they yeah. brought in uh, Damon Snacks Harrison from the Jets, gonna, who was a great run stuffer in the middle of the lot field. Of tackles. I was going to bring that up, and, and he's about 350 pounds. That's why he's got li- s- listed snacks. as snacks. 350 pounds. And they have the other defensive tackles, Jonathan Hankins, who's 320 pounds, was a second-round pick a few years back. Hello. Jason Pierre-Paul played really – I watched Those, that game as well, yeah, too. JPP Pierre-Paul played very well as yep. a run defender. So, Those you guys, know, they were just a brick wall. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking that, at Jonathan was, Hankins' picture on the Giants website right now. Bro ain't 320 pounds. I, <laughs> I love – like, not many things make me more, like, irrationally happy yeah. than, the, than the ridiculous listings. But I will say it was just one game. One thing I'm really, like – you know, worried about for other offenses that play Dallas, but certainly it's good for Dallas. They once again just hogged the football. They ran 78 plays against the Giants. The Giants didn't even run 60, which is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They just that seems to be their strategy for stopping the Giants is just to just run a bunch of short runs and just keep the ball out of Eli and, and Odell's hands. And it works. Obviously, works 
you know pretty well for them right. uh, to, to slow down the offensive attack. But it's certainly a situation where I think the offense is still set up very well. Um, we're going to take some lumps with the whole Dallas situation, but I'm worried more about Dez than Elliott. Well, and you know what surprised me <sighs> is so bad. Dez only had five catches. I'm going to bring this up, Harmon, because in your uh, targets and touches piece, you mentioned again the hashtag we need to bring back is hashtag just throw it to your good players. Why did they not throw it to Elliott more either? Like Dak yeah, Prescott one. clearly was inclined to throw it short. That's why right. Cole Beasley had 12 man, targets. You Jason get, went and had 14. Because, you know, whenever you have a chance to get Cole Beasley and Terrence no. Williams involved, you got to do it. No. Jason Witten and, and Cole Beasley combined for 26 targets. That's which, stupid. Which they, um, in my article I <laughs> that wrote, is stupid. which they amassed a lovely 7.7 yards per reception with those oh. combined targets. So my point is why does Zeke Elliott only have two like targets. Why do you not try a screen extra here or there or a swing pass? Get him in space where he can be more dynamic. Like, I don't know. I'm frustrated. It's yep. it's like I was getting mad in real life. While <laughs> target distribution. <laughs> Just horrendous. The other thing that like raised a red flag to me is Zeke had nowhere to run, and then they put Alfred Morrison, and he gets 35 yards on seven carries and was finding holes. Yeah, it was weird. So uh, I, I wonder if it's a thing where, look, once Zeke came out, the, the defensive line's like, okay, pin our ears back and let's just get after the quarterback. Right. And then that kind of opened up some some lanes, especially around the edge. But I don't know. I, you know, you bring up a great point. I'm not 100% sure. I, I'm definitely interested to see what happens in week two. I'll say this. I'm not that comfortable uh, with uh, with Zeke Elliott. Oh man, I'll at least him. at least in week. I'm I'm saying after week one at least because yeah. listen, <clears throat> there was a there's a there was a, a league where uh, I invested a top five pick. In Zeke Elliott, and I'm not feeling that great right now. Yeah, uh, you'll be all right. I yeah. just think he's got some learning to do. You'll be all right. Uh, I, I didn't put this on the rundown, but uh, let me ask you this: Des Bryant uh, had an atrocious game. Mm. Uh, is that, bro, just one game or more of a season-long thing? Would like to well, hope it's one game. Was it a catch? God. <laughs> Which, by the way, that is that marks the official start of the NFL season when Des Bryant, Bryant, yeah, when he has a, a touchdown overturned. Yep. Yes. yep. I mean, like. I, you can't tell me Des Bryant's the problem. He tore up the preseason. He looks great out there. But this is what Dallas does, and it's why they're such a frustrating team. They have never funneled the offense through Des, and it's so annoying because he's clearly their best player. Matt Harmon is Get literally pounding. Oh, man, he's so fr- – I mean, nothing so makes me more frustrated than when teams just don't just throw it to their good players when they – have to overcomplicate it by like, well, let's let's scheme up some work for Cole Beasley. Uh, I mean, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> I so I mean, but I think that Des. It's Bryant, crazy. He's never had a hundred catches in a season. He's never that even is, had a hundred and sixty targets, that's which insane. which is crazy when you consider guys like Julio Jones and Od- and Brown are going for like two hundred a year. Right. It's berserk. But again. They run that slow-paced offense. It's based on the running game. It's based on high-percentage passes. So they're just not going to funnel 180 targets to Dez. It's just not going to happen. So because of that, you're, I mean, you should know that when you're drafting Dez Bryant anyways, that you're going to take your lumps. But now it's going to probably be even worse without Tony Romo back there. All right, the Chronicles of Theo Riddick. 12 touches, 108 total yards, two touchdowns. Bro, just one game or maybe for reals? Um. I say it's for reals with this caveat. Okay. I mean, the the Lions had the benefit of playing the Colts in their terrible defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Um, so bad. So, yeah, so those kind of numbers you can't count on week in and week out. But what I think is encouraging is watching them and watching the Lions offense yesterday was what a lot of us have suspected 
that without Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford maybe spreads the ball around a little more. And so we saw Theo Riddick have a very good day. Amir Abdullah was productive. Yeah, he was. Um, so that gives me hope that maybe when this offense is at its best, there is enough for both of these guys to go out and eat. Of course, you still have the, the touchdown vulture. Yesterday it was Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington going forward, baby. it may be Zach Zinner, but whatever. You're going to – which – Reminded me, by the way, that I yeah. may start, uh, to go along with the Mark Bolger Award, I may start the Zach Crockett Award, Zach which will go to the running back who vultures the most touchdowns away from one of your guys. Who's Zach Crockett? Zach Crockett was back in the Oakland late Raiders. 90s, early 2000s, was a fullback for the Oakland Raiders. And my favorite Zach Crockett story, a buddy of mine, needed a win to get into the playoffs. He went out off the waiver wire, picked up Zach Crockett. I laughed at it. Beautiful. Fortunately, I was not playing him, but uh-huh. he picked up Zach Crockett. And I don't remember the exact line, but it was something to the effect of four carries, three yards, three touchdowns. That's the oh. Matt Asiato line. Wow. Well, well, thanks, yeah. Dad. Thanks, Dad. I was in fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to humble brag about my age. So there you go. So that, but that is the Zach, that's, that's where the Zach Crockett award may come in. And so I think you know Dwayne Washington – uh, was it Yanovich? Who's the guy for Denver? Andy Yanovich? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Those those guys are your early leaders. Love See, it. at least Andy Yanovich played a bunch of snaps and, like, did Yelman's <laughs> work <laughs> full right, right, right. <laughs> Washington literally took, like, three plays in that game and scored on one. And scored on one. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, I, I like the theoretic thing and, and Amir Abdul. I like this whole Lions offense because yeah. all of these guys really fit with what they want to do. Matt Stafford yesterday, his average depth of aim throw was 5.2, which is the lowest among any quarterback that played uh, yesterday or Thursday. Oh, too. is that right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy that they've dialed back Stafford, who's like this total gunslinger, into this guy that really, you know, he checks down a lot. They run a lot of short passes, but it fits well with these really good route runners like Golden Tate and Marvin Jones and even Anquan Bolden still. And they also mix in these really good space backs. I think it works well. with. So, I again, yeah, Marcus is right that there's a huge caveat of my god the Colts defense is really bad but they also play you know eight of their own games inside mm-hmm. in the dome and that'll help but so might not be this prolific but certainly I think theoretic is back as a floor play in PPR again I it, like him a lot it might be nice if this actually just turns into more of a two-headed attack I mean the the, the touchdown vulture lurks but Amir got plenty of run and looked he looked really good yeah. running yeah. the football like he looked like the guy that got the entire fantasy community a buzz last year. He only had 12 touches, got 63 yards. So if, you know, if they give him a little more work in between the tackles and mix him in, he could be a weekly like flex play, but his touchdown upside could limit him. All right, there you go. Uh, Jack Doyle for in that same game scored two touchdowns. You know, it's funny. Jack Doyle scored two touchdowns. I, I swear to God, I was like, is this a Tom Clancy character? And then somebody hit me on Twitter and said, we should just give him the nickname of Rainbow Six. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And I was like, hey, man, I'm all about it. So Jack Doyle scored two Rainbow Sixes yesterday. Nice. That, that beat my Colt in present danger. That's pretty strong as well, by the way. <laughs> uh, so Jack Doyle. Two touchdowns, uh, bro, it's just one game, or is it for real? This is a Colts offense that has traditionally utilized the tight end a lot. I like that Roto World published a blurb uh, right after that game. Was just, just the title was Jack Frickin' Doyle. Scores two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just classic. Like, oh, my God, how did this guy score two touchdowns? So uh, Doyle played, I think, 56% of the snaps. Dwayne Allen played somewhere in the 50s range. Yeah, yeah. And Dwayne Allen played 70% of the snaps. So, I mean, I do expect him to be – uh, a big part of the offense, but this is a, a three wide receiver offense at its core. Uh, 
T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief played 97 or 96 and 97 percent of the snaps, respectively. T.Y. Hilton mixed uh, – T.Y. Hilton, I'm mixing them up because they're the same guy. Uh, Philip Dorsett mixed in with 73 and had an average depth of target of over 20. So I think they really want that, like, three wide receiver set to be the base offense. So I think it's yeah. probably just one game. And they – Dwayne Allen re-signed there in large part because he spoke with Rod Chudzinski and he was like, we want you to be the guy. You're going to be that guy. He played on 70 percent of the snaps. He had more targets. This is not – Caught a red be, zone touchdown. Yeah, he caught a red zone touchdown too. He's He looked great. This is not going back to a two-tight end offense. What this is is Kevin Ogletree syndrome. So don't go out and chase Jack Doyle on the waiver wire because he caught two touchdowns because next week he's going to post a one-for-four stat line. There you go. You, you but, guys, but, but Dwayne Allen does have injury problems. Like, he does. As he has t- struggled to stay in, uh, healthy in the past. So oh, yeah. if Dwayne Allen was to ever go down, have Jack Doyle. maybe then we're talking about Speed Jack. dial for Jack Doyle. Do you guys think Kobe Fleener went home last night and put on the Colts highlights <laughs> and was like sitting there like, oh, man, I wish I was still on the Colts. <laughs> he put up, put up like six yards <laughs> New Orleans, bro. Is it just one game or is it for real? Kobe Fleener still terrible. One reception, six yards yesterday on a day where Drew Brees went off 400 400 yards and four touchdowns. And Kobe Fleener had one catch for six yards. Four. Ew. And he was on the field for 81 percent of the snaps. That's what's that's what's horrifying about this stat line. So, but that was why that was the reason why I thought at least for week one. Michael Thomas had some sleeper value. And statistically, Thomas had a decent game, but while Fleener's trying to figure it out, you've got that Marcus Colston sort of hybrid tight end guy in there. Why wouldn't you know, why wouldn't you give him some run? Yeah, man. I mean, I think that we could certainly see a situation where Fleener has his weeks, but I think the hopes of him being an every week tight end at this point, given all of what we heard in the offseason – and, again, seeing that he still might not be that good at football, I think that's going to be a situation where he's probably not going to hit those hopes. You know, I keep hearing about his contract, too, right? It's like, oh, he signed a big contract. Listen, man, at this point, stop. You're trying to win football games, man. Right, that's what I mean. It's like, listen, dude, like, this guy's not, like, you know, he's not throwing cash in the air and just saying, uh, you know, if he's doing that, great. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like stop with the contract talk. It's apparent. You hear about the preseason buzz and, and all these other things, and then you just look at what's happening on the football field. Yeah. Forget it. Like, the contract is – they overpaid for him. It was, well, it was also a big contract, but it wasn't like one of those contracts where they have to feed him the ball. Where yeah. And he was, and he was a player with a history of, like, you know, when Jimmy Graham went to Seattle and he wasn't getting the ball right away and kind of, like, ruffled some feathers – they started feeding him the ball. If Kobe Fleener starts ruffling some feathers, I feel like Sean Payton and Breeze are just going to be like. <laughs> just, yeah, just Kobe, have a seat. Yeah. And <laughs> also, I think another important lesson from the whole Kobe Fleener thing is, and we all do this in the fantasy community. It's a, it's a big part of what we need to do to project things properly. But I think we sometimes get way too crazy with Saints tight ends have had this many targets. This means that. Kobe Fleener will have this many targets. And and listen, that does work out sometimes, but you've got to also, again, factor in, can they play? Yeah, it's, so, uh, it's, yeah it's, a cra- it's a crazy thing you're suggesting here, Matt. We have to analyze talent when we're talking about something. I mean, it's shocking. When you go back and you look at that, one, a large stretch of that comes with a guy named Jimmy Graham. <laughs> it's all of it pretty much but one year, by the way. I looked right. at that earlier in the right. offseason. So, yep. you know, Jimmy Graham. And then last year, I know a lot of people try to hang the hat on the Ben Watson revival. But let's keep in mind, Ben Watson had been in that offense for a, a long time. Really important yep. point. And, and not like, only that, all the preseason buzz was around Sean, or, uh, Josh, Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it wasn't around Ben Watson. Ben Watson really came in out of nowhere. So, okay, yeah. So, yeah, maybe they funneled some targets to him. But who really cashed in except for the guy who t- picked him up off waiver wires, right? So it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I wasn't really high on Kobe Fleener. Um, and, and the more I saw him play and the more I saw these other guys kind of developing, I'm like, eh, I'm going to pass on him. I know a lot of folks are super high on him, but no thanks. Man. I'll pass. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald in the desert, man. He's still dope. Eight receptions, 81 yards, two touchdowns. This is my question. Is he the favorite target in Arizona? Will he continue to be the favorite target in Arizona? And how worried about you about John Brown, who had a not great fantasy day? So I guess it's kind of a two-part bro just one game or for real. Uh, Larry Fitz still dope. John Brown eh, worried. I'm a little worried. I feel like John Brown, anyway, like he comes with a boomer bust kind of game plan we can like on a weekly basis he's kind of a boomer bust guy there's three wide receivers that are super talented there and they all have their games and I this was just a Larry Fitzgerald game because Michael Floyd was uh shadowed by Malcolm Butler the whole time I mean I I do want to take this opportunity to publicly apologize to Larry Fitzgerald yeah. um you know we were all like oh yeah it's Michael Floyd it's John Brown yeah, yeah Fitzgerald's fine but y'all, yeah. y'all wrote off the goat all <laughs> right and then like you know we watch him ball out uh, I think there are games like this in the offing for him, but I don't think it's going to be on a week-to-week basis. I do think some of it last night was they knew how close he was to 100 touchdowns, and I do think they were trying to get him to 100 yeah, touchdowns in his sure. career. Interesting. So we're there. Okay. And But I, I think going forward, they still want – they can't be successful unless John Brown and Michael Floyd get more involved than what we saw last night. So there will oh, still be weeks where, where Larry Fitzgerald balls out, but I, I don't think this is the start of a big tree. Now, of course, you know, I could be making another apology yeah, in like, right. you know, late October or something like man, that. Man, I believe. But, uh, we'll I believe see. in Larry Fitz, man. Didn't, didn't news break yesterday morning that he's probably going to retire after this he year? He dismissed too? that then. Yeah, then. Oh, he did? So who, he did? So who really knows? Yeah. yeah. But I believe in him, man. I do. I do, too. I think I, the chemistry is for real. So. Yeah. I tweeted at Marcus last night that very thing that, like, you were saying, oh, it's Michael Floyd. And I'm like, oh, it's John Brown. And, like, both just shoveling dirt <laughs> on the old man's grave before it's time. And, I mean, nobody – and so, yeah, I mean, as much as it's been like, hey, we thought that A.J. Green was going to be great. Hey, we thought that Kobe Fleener was going to be bad. Like, yeah. whoops, didn't see this coming. Right. Um, breaking news again. <laughs> we get <laughs> he, stuff wrong. He did this and, to us last year, too. Right. And so one thing I do think is important when you're talking about it, especially how it relates to John Brown, we always talk about the Patriots eliminating what the other team does best. Yeah. And I think that what they wanted to do last night was limit the Cardinals' downfield passing. And that was something apparent last night. Like I said, I was like, man, I don't even recognize this team. Like the aggression and the, the bravado just wasn't really there. Uh, Carson Palmer threw the ball down the field pretty much at the same rate that he did in week one from 2015, but his yards per completion dropped from 13.7 to 11.7 from 2015 to last night. So I do think they were trying to take away those outside guys. Michael Floyd didn't look particularly good either. I mean, I know he had more numbers from John Brown, right. John Brown, but like he was having several guys run the route for him, you know, like the, the defenders that were covering him. So I think it was a disappointing day overall for, for from the Cardinals offense, even though the final numbers look pretty good. Palmer sure. looked rattled. So I think it's more just one week for the Cardinals offense, I'm, I'm hoping. And I think that – but, again, like Franchise said, 
They have three talented receivers. They have a running back that we all believe is ascending to be one of the NFL's best. And his best asset, while he's a stud runner, his best asset is as a receiver, too. So it's going to be some ups and downs, I think, with all your cards. By the way, was anybody surprised to see how much Jermaine Gresham was involved last Oh, my night? gosh, yeah. This is an offense that almost never uses the tight end. Jermaine Gresham got some pretty oh key catches. Carmen said if they were keying in on Brown and Floyd and taking away that downfield ability, of course, Jermaine Gresham. Yeah. Palmer's like, uh, uh, all right, Jermaine, here you go. <laughs> I, I'd really have to go back and like actually watch, yeah, the, I watch the game film, obviously. And it's like seeing the coverages, too, from the All-22 perspective will be the key right? just to see what they took away because it certainly seemed like the Cardinals were also running a lot more two wide receiver sets and, again, just, just staying off the boundaries, not using those downfield threats. And also for John Brown's perspective, too, I mean, it's the epitome of, like, I'm taking body punches because everybody knows I love John Brown. It's like, for one, it's just one week, of course. But also, let's not forget, the guy did miss, like, almost the entire offseason with concussion issues. Right. He might just not be fully – re. I mean, I'm sure he's fully healthy, but just not fully reintegrated into the offense yet. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was – John Brown was on my um, bus potential list, um, mostly because of the concussions. And, again, I wasn't – Thanks, you're a hater. Well, and I'm a hater, and, and I wasn't ready. And for this very reason, I wasn't a hundred percent ready to write off Larry Fitz because of these three wide receivers, he was the most fantasy relevant last year. Um, and yeah, I, he disappeared for a long did. time. Oh, no, you're right. Aside from the and then you the playoff game, which maybe this is him picking up where he left. We know right. he's an amazing player, but right. like he's not able to do everything. 2011 Fitzgerald could do. He That's was used quite differently last night than he was again in that that last stretch of 2015 when his average depth of target, which I'm quoting a lot here today because I just wrote this big stupid column about it, uh, <laughs> was under six. And last night it was back to like a normal 10.8. All right, so let's get to the waiver wire. I know it's Monday, but uh, it's big time uh, waiver wire time here. Uh, Alex Gelhard has got you covered big time. NFL.com slash Gelhard to find his waiver wire piece. Hey, Alex, can you walk us through uh, some of these guys? that you have targeted? Well, yeah, actually, I've do, I do, I've already done two pieces on the waiver wire covering like 30-some guys that you could consider between the waiver wire piece, which you can also find at NFL.com slash waiver wire and deep dive, NFL.com slash deep dive. But a couple of the ones off the top, uh, I see you listed here on the rundown, Mohamed Sanu, definitely a guy. We were talking about him a lot. He's he's owned in quite a few leagues, uh, like 40-ish percent of NFL.com leagues, but if right. he's somehow still available, Go he's got to be a priority add. Tevin Coleman of that same ilk, if that turns into a committee. A guy that I've been honking for a lot, and I know Harm was giving me grief for, but Mike Wallace, it's not a pretty— I wasn't giving you grief. Not a pretty not a pretty stat line, but it's a very Mike Wallace well, stat line. But I started to believe late in training camp, when you start to get you start to realize that Wallace is his strength is being a deep threat and Joe Flacco can throw the deep ball. Yeah, it point. seems to make sense. Ryan Tannehill and Teddy Bridgewater could not as could well not as do Flacco that. could. Right. So this is a it's a it looks like a mess of a position uh, yes. for the wide receivers in Baltimore, but if there's one to take, you want to take the upside shot with Wallace because Steve Smith, he had I think nine targets, five catches, and like 19 yards. Yeah, last yeah, it was on Sunday. Kind of a mind-boggling number. Uh, another guy to keep an keep an eye on is Will Fuller. He actually led the Texans in targets. Uh, looked good. I mean, he still had his drops, but he's got big play potential with his speed and stuff. Eric Ebron, we mentioned earlier, he uh, he kind of erased some of the issues he had with drops. Looked to be more in sync with Matthew Stafford, which were problems earlier in his career, and he could have a bigger role in this offense uh, as they still try and fill that Megatron void. And tied to Mike Wallace, another guy I want to mention now, is Joe Flacco. If you're streaming quarterbacks, he's only owned in like 9-point-something percent of NFL.com leagues. Okay. Carson Wentz went from FCS star to dropping dimes all over the Browns defense. <laughs> he finished as the 10th highest scoring fantasy right, right now. Uh, he's, right now he's the QB 10 heading, heading into Monday night. That probably Beautiful. won't hold. Crazy. But – 
The starting quarterbacks against the Browns right now with a, a front seven that has, like, one returning starter, basically, and yeah. a lot of guys in new positions, and a right. secondary that's, like, sorting itself out with so many new players. Like, it could be, like, a start tight ends against the Raiders was last oh, year. Yeah, yeah. It's just stream any quarterback against the Browns. So, Flacco, even though he's on a, you know, surgically repaired knee and that Baltimore offense didn't do a whole hell of a lot in week one, I think he could be a really interesting add and play this week. That's right. a real. That's a really good call about Flacco. I'm. I'm. So let me ask you guys this: If you had Philip Rivers, yeah. or Tyrod Taylor, one of these guys, that, you know, you probably drafted in the, you know, maybe tenth to twelfth round sort of range, yeah. that yeah. we're now worried about because of the loss of their stars, one for sure, one potentially. Would you play Joe Flacco over either one of them in week two? Yes, I, I probably would play him over both. One hundred percent over both. Phil Rivers? Tyrod plays on Thursday night, too. Against yeah, the definitely over Tyrod. Short definitely over Tyrod. Against Chargers the- play the Jags, though, at home. I, good. I do think, though, I, I was actually wrote about this in streaming defense, is that that Jags defense could have a sneaky good game against the Chargers because they, they harassed Aaron Rodgers a lot. They didn't sack him because he's Houdini. Yeah, they are pretty good. Phillip Rivers can't move in the pocket. <laughs> He lost he his cannot. top. He lost his top option. So unless it True. turns into check down city okay. with uh, Danny Woodhead, they could get home a couple of times. Now, that's not to say they're going to totally shut him down, but I, I think I might take the take the chance with Flacco in the stream here. Um, you might be right. I, I think it's a coin flip at, at at worst. Yep, for sure. Interesting. It's a good question, Harmon. I like it. Uh, should we do daily daps? Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily. All righty, daily dap time. We'll start with MG, my guy Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, I want a daily dap. I think I dapped this kind of before. Uh, our friend Indy Sarah, who's a Twitter friend of the of the program and of the Stronghold as well, and she, uh, I was tweeting something about just terrible movies, and so she sent me a copy of two movies, Birdemic and Roller Gator. Right. I watched Birdemic over the weekend. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as all of you guys know, okay. as you guys know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners do, uh, we love bad movies here, like terrible, horrible, awful, so bad, they're hilarious movies. Birdemic um, was definitely from the Tommy Wiseau school of filmmaking. Uh, let's just say it's, while it is kind of a, uh, basically, imagine if Tommy Wiseau did a 90s homage to Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. <laughs> oh, okay. Um yeah, and so while, yes, there is the sort of shock and terror, which is part of the title aspect of it, uh, it's really at its heart, it's just a love story. It's a love story. It's a love story. That's about, all it is. Uh, about a kind of uh, douchey sal- uh, software salesman who falls in love with a supermodel who happens to live in, like, San Mateo, because, you know... Anybody who's been to San Mateo can tell you that <laughs> supermodels are just crawling all over the place down there. Um, the special uh, effects were the worst I've ever seen. Um, and you go about uh, an hour or so before you even get to anything remotely shocking or terror-y. Terror-y. But it is hilarious. It is awesome. And so thanks to Sarah for sending that out, and I look forward to getting to uh, Roller Gator sometime in the very near future. All right. Beautiful. WizKid from Wisconsin. Hit me. Uh, I think I've dapped this before, but uh, if you guys have never listened to the epic rap battles of history, the guys that do that stuff on YouTube are just fantastic. They're on, like, their mid-season break right now because apparently – that's a thing you do on YouTube in addition to actual television <laughs> when you have a wildly popular series. But they just – those guys are so fun. They're getting some bigger stars to do it, and they've had a lot of really good matchups this uh, this season so far. So I was uh, – I took a quick day trip up to uh, Santa Barbara with a, a friend and his fiance who just moved to town not, long, not that long ago, and I wanted to show him around and stuff. 
and uh, they had a few downloaded on their phone, so we listened to them again on the way up, and that's what was making me think about it because we were just laughing the whole way. Great. I like it. Matt Franciscovich, hit me. Yeah, I'm going to dap a band. Big surprise. Whoa. They're called Local Natives. Local Natives. I believe Local they natives. reside from Silver Lake, Los Angeles. Yep. Oh. Which uh, makes them super hipstery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I knew about this band like when they first came out. So. Oh, sure. <laughs> wow. Well played. Wow. No, no but well they played. released they just released their third full-length album last week called Sunlit Youth. It's indie rock. Um if you like guitars and stuff, check it out. The du- dude's got a cool voice. Oh, I, I'm into it. Good stuff, Matt yeah, Harmon. Man. Oh, man. Uh, um, I'll go before you. I'll daily dab Jack Del Rio. Uh, oh, we don't yeah. do a lot of football dabs. Onions. But, man, yeah, the fact right. that he – Okay, so here's the thing. He went for two points and the win, right? It, it was awesome. So that that part of it is cool, and and that wouldn't necessarily earn my daily daps, which it's a great it's a great move by Jack Del Rio. They got the two-point conversion against the Saints, um, which was cool. But here's the thing. ESPN Stats and Info on Twitter put out, based on ESPN's win probability model, the Raiders had a 51% chance of winning if they kicked the PAT, just 44% if they went for two. Well, they went for two and they won the game. Jack Del Rio saw this on Twitter and quote tweeted ESPN Stats and Info and said, good thing ESPN isn't coaching the Raiders. Boom. I mean, that is awesome. Roasted. That is awesome, man. Yeah. The fact that he took the time and just roasted ESPN Stats and Info is so legit. I'm sure somebody sent him that oh, tweet. Oh, for sure. And he was like, aha, I'm on cloud nine. I'm just going to quote tweet this. <laughs> <laughs> he, was feel, he was feeling himself. Yeah, he was so feeling funny. him. Man. Oh, it's so out of character because Jack Del Rio is known for being such a reserved, calm, <laughs> you know, not yes. that kind oh, of coach. He, he, he was the cock of the walk, man. I mean, he was just strutting. After the game, he looked good. But, no, it was great, man. So, uh, the Daily Daps Jack Del Rio for for having some strong Twitter game. I like that a lot. Matt Harmon, give me a Daily Dap. Oh, man. I'm going to Daily Dap uh, one of one of my pals from Twitter, okay. uh, Sully, yeah. and, his, and his podcast that he's been doing. It is definitely not safe for work. I'll, I'll say that. But it's a football podcast, and it's it's called the I Hate Sully podcast. And it has the, the, probably one of the best – like profile pictures for the pot, like when you pull it up on iTunes, the the cover art or whatever. It's the professional word for it. Is really very funny, uh, and it's got a lot of like all the people I know from from the internet on there and everything. And a couple of my like been 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 bros with since basically I, I was blogging by myself. So it's pretty cool to listen to them. You know, just kind of just sit back and shoot the you know what as they say, and uh, yeah, remind us all that football. You know, it's not that serious. Just a game. Just a. The thing about football is it's just a game. It's it's serious, bro. This is my bro. Life. It's bro. It's one game. This is my life, <laughs> bro. It's just one game. All right, yeah, Uncle Chaps. I, that is one of my favorite uh, things that he says. Listen, football's not a game. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be more. No. All right, very good. Great episode. Uh, you will find us again on Friday. Remember, sign up for Game Pass, NFL.com slash Game Pass. If you haven't already, sign up for Fantasy, NFL.com slash Fantasy. We'll see you. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.